who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Good morning, Mackinac, and a fine new moon to fans far and near. The red season draws nigh, which brings us a new quarter of the League of Ultimate Questing. It's been a wild summer season, and nobody knows what the future holds. With me, as always, is League veteran Stormclad Thundertongue. Storm, we've got... Storm? Storm, you with me? Huh? Uh, uh, sorry, Kim. Didn't get a lick of sleep last night. I, uh, I was out all hours getting my house fumigated. What a pain in the keister. Uh, infestation. Infestation? You got roaches? Ants? Methods. Ah, damn invisible elemental bastards. With all the shrieking and smoldering, must have torn open a node to the elemental plane or some such nonsense. I mean, you know, back in my day, you'd just give a few low levels, a handful of gold, and they'd go in swords ablazing and handle all the legwork. Now you got all these city ordinances and species protections laws. Well, we're due to see a lot of changes, Storm, especially with the coming quarter of the League of Ultimate questing. New quests, new challenges, and new team ranking. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh... That's good, girl. I'm just gonna lay my head down and catch a catch a man. You do that, Storm. Poor little guy. Join me down on the field as we check in on the first wave of new quests going out to our new beloved teams. Stay tuned to witness the incoming adventure on the League of Ultimate Questing. No, no, no. Not this time. team, the ragtag adventurers, the Mortal Dawn, left the port city of San Balearis with a little bit of animosity behind them. In a rush to return home to Lucinilli, aboard the ship the Apertif with Captain Regina Spaldwin at the helm. They had to pay a little bit of money to make the voyage and help defend the ship from a very strange and evil encounter from some undead fishmen that attacked them during a thick fog storm in the Maiden's Vale. They have since continued their journey and are now out in the wide open seas of the Maiden's Heart, the fog and the darkness and the night left behind them. And from here, it looks like smooth sailing, and all they found as a result of their conflict was a pile of wet robes and a strange long conch shell. The crewmen have been mended from their injuries, the party has rested once again, and we are roughly two days away from the port city of Lucinilli before you return to your homeland. Chris is very fascinated by uh, this conch shell, and... Uh would like to have spent some time with it. Um, and as you study it, it's very obvious from the start that it has some magic resting inside of it. Um, the construction of it is very strange. 
you know that a human instrument or a conch shell, you could definitely just put your mouth to and blow normally. This one has a very long, bizarre mouthpiece that has several holes in it that all must be blown into at the same time. And it does not look like it could fit a human mouth. It is designed by some kind of a religious symbol to fishermen or seamen of some kind. I'm going to grab it and hand it to Harifax. Put this in your mouth. I put it in my mouth. And it, it's a strange fit, but it's you actually have a long enough like muzzle for it all to slide in. And it has like a little bit of slobber on it from whoever blew it last. But you can, you can in fact, blow in all of the holes at the same time. It huh. doesn't require like lip smoochy blowing kisses. Right. Um, but the ability to just blow air into several holes with a big, big mouth. Having been a couple of days, we'll say that you guys have ascertained its properties. You've now acquired the weird conch. And Reginald gives it a quick scan as he flutters down from the unseen sky. His eye turns red and a beam of light kind of goes over it. Aerofax, you can use this. It is your first item. And there are stats on the back. This enchanted conch shell can be played as a simple instrument, assuming the one doing so has a large reptilian mouth to fit the strange shape. Deep inside is a tiny primordial moat from the plane of water. It's like this item was designed for me. (laughs) Uh, If played, the conch can cast the spell Water Breathing as an action, third level. It regains this power after a long rest. It can also be played to summon a water weird as an action within 20 feet. Once summoned, the weird can be commanded as a bonus action. It vanishes after one minute. It regains this power after 30 days. And it's got the stats for the water weird on the back. Yep. Um, Have we been sailing under the gray moon this whole time, or was it just that first night? At night, the gray moon does remain. Okay. Crew seems slightly unnerved by this, but they're, they're maintaining the best spirits that they can and are following the orders of the captain, as are the lot of you. And there in the distance, off of the bow of the ship, you can see the coastline, the ivory coast of Leone, the white sands gleaming on the daylight sun. And you were probably a day away at this point, having been going about your activities on the deck of the ship, helping clean things up where needed. A lot of extra seawater got on the deck during the fight. Artyom's medical skills are used to help patch up some of the injured crewmen who seem to be doing much better now. They have you regale them with some more of your stories of the League of Ultimate Questing and Desmond and Delilah. It was so exciting to see you in action fighting those horrible fishmen. I don't think I was like to be that close next time, but uh, it was quite fascinating. You were so brave, Delilah. I don't know how you do such things. Well, Desmond, you just you just don't have a stomach for these things. She says, <laughs> playfully patting him. Oh, my dear twins. It was more than fascinating. It was life and death. Well, I will have to have you write your address down on a piece of paper, and when we get back to the city, we can have Father forward you a payment voucher for the money. And plus a little extra, of course, she says, looking at Artyom, for what we had to borrow to get back. For me, it's not about the money. It's about the effect that we have on others. I just want you to remember that. Very noble, and Reginald's clearly watching you as you say that, (laughs) locking it away. If there's anything else you guys would like to do on the deck before you uh, get to the shore, feel free to let me know. Otherwise, yeah. uh, I would just like to spend time with the crew, maybe mm-hmm. play a couple card games. Oh, they love that. Um, they get very social. You guys play a game of War Chest, War which Chest. is a game in my world. It's kind of like 21 in that you're bidding up to a certain amount, but each of the combinations of the cards have a very fun kind of uh, mechanic that plays off of each other. Just a bidding game. I actually did make a deck of it for my worlds because I like to have in-game content. Maybe that can be something in the future. Who knows? It's pretty cool. Very gambly. Um, And with that, you guys rest once more, and in the morning, you are pulling into the wharf, uh, the central foil in Lucinilli. The dock is busy, but not where you can't get a spot or anything. The captain handles all of the to-doing and calling of things, letting the crew know how to help them dock this ship. And when they do, a gangplank is lowered and the crew begins to stretch as they get down onto the deck. And the wharfmaster is speaking with the captain, Regina, and checking things in. And it looks like they're already beginning to unload some of the gear that they brought from the Free Isles. Bottles of exotic wine, spices, uh, lots of fresh fruit that were packed. Some of them in straw, some of them in like magical ice. 
Captain Regina. Yes? I think you should talk to our patron Maven. He might be a good lead for how to um, sell your wares. Um, do you have a business card? I'll, I'll be sure he'll find you. We're going to be at dock for a while now. I need to hire an entirely new crew, so it'll be a bit. Well, thank you all. You were a great help, especially with that whole mess in the veil. Let's just say if you ever need to ride with me again, you'll have a, quite the discount. And hopefully you won't have to do as much work because I'll have a competent crew, she says to no one in particular. <laughs> and as you guys head off of the dock back into the busy streets of the Rot Ward, um, you can see there's several wagons and things getting unloaded in the trade district. And one of the wagons looks like a box transport wagon. And there's a large female half-orc in front of it holding a piece of cardboard that says Mortal Dawn, spelled very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. Is it? Uh, like, I'm like looking at the words. <laughs> and she holds it up over her head. Yeah, it's like Mortal Dawn. D-O-N. <laughs> okay. I speak common as well as you do. Maybe. <laughs> and this half-orc is waving over at you. Mm, you're the Mortal Dawn? Yes, we are. She points at the wagon. Get in. Take you home. Oh, did Maven send you? Mm. And uh, holds the door open for you and the little folding wooden steps come out. It's very nice inside. Velvet cushions. Looks like there's some chilled water sitting in cup holders and things like that. Got my hand on my dagger as I get in. Mm -hmm. uh, well, team, we must have made it a little bit. This is um, a bit extravagant, don't you think? You seem tense, Artyom. I don't like getting into fancy things. <laughs> don't worry, you won't ruin it. <laughs> you wildly misinterpreted my point. <laughs> and a huge green hand gestures you all in. All right, home we go. Refreshments. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Snacks. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, maybe one. <laughs> uh, you all uh, crouch and shuffle your way and realizing it's very spacious inside. There's probably room for like eight people in this thing sitting on each. It's like couches facing each other. Just very wide wagon. And the half-orc lowers their head in and gets in and sits down between the two smallest of you, probably Christ and Artyom size-wise. And uh, the wagon begins to take off as the two horses trot into the street and the half-orc looks over all of you and says, Oh, I'm so glad to see you all. And embraces Arvid in a huge hug. And specifically <laughs> goes to each of you getting up in this wagon, putting their hands on Herothox's shoulder, looking you in the eyes and looking up and down, like studying each of you, giving a big hug to Christ, and then just a, a stern eye at Artyom. <laughs> I finger my nose at him. And sits down, oh, and adjusts this leather mask, returning to the shape of Maven. I've been worried sick. I mean, I'm aware of what's been happening thanks to Reginald and his transmissions, but things have been quite a mess here. And he's still, like, eyeing you guys, surveying, like, any damage. Like, you're all rather, uh, travel-worn, I assume, a little beat up from the journey. But you're back, and we can get back to work after you rest, of course. But not too much. Let's clear some things up, first of all. Tabletop game. Turns out, as you saw, we're sending a very dangerous shipment to the Alcara nobles. This was an act of war. This is something that the League cannot be involved in. And it is their shortcoming that it managed to slip through the cracks. These people are very wealthy and funneled a lot of money into this act of treason. As far as that goes, that mission was a failure. But it is not being held against you. I've been doing a lot of PR and really drumming up the Mortal Dawn is missing thing for publicity. A lot of teams go missing. It does happen. But the mystery and intrigue of all this, it made you a little bit famous. For now, you may just be a trend, but people know your name. People know your faces. And with this much publicity, I think we're just one quest away from hero rank. Does this mean we're not getting paid? You'll be getting some money. As I said, I've been making investments. And because Tabletop Game had to go out of business due to their horrible crimes, they had to siphon a lot of money into the League of Ultimate Questing. Some of that went to us. And as you know, things cost money. And while you were gone, drumming up the PR and smoothing over the cracks, took a bit of coin. 
But when we return to the apartment, there will be an extra 150 gold for each of you to go right into your pockets. And that should make us even. But we cannot rest for long because there's something very big and very exciting happening tonight. What, what's going on tonight? Once a season, there is a very illustrious fancy party that is thrown, known as Heption's Ball. Oh. And I've, I've managed to finagle my way into it to be your great return to the scene. Excellent. Oh, May then. Okay. You surprised me in it the best ways. It is a very elite invite list. People who go there will be getting to rub elbows with very wealthy nobles from all over the five kingdoms. There will be an all-you-can-eat buffet of the finest cuisines. Artyom, you don't actually have to rub your elbow on them. Well, not your problem. <laughs> I like that he might even think that it's a human thing where they like literally just shut the elbow. Oh, that's good. Um, and literally every time he says noble, mm-hmm. finest, elegant, what any time he says any kind of superlative or anything like that, I'm just like, Ugh. and then he said, "All you can eat," and you were like, uh, "Okay." okay. <laughs> and wait, as much wood as I can want, and the elbows do not actually have to be rubbed. That's correct. Okay, it's, it's not so bad. They're having this party under a gray moon. They are. This is not a seafaring thing. This is. In oh, is fact, it? it usually happens during the gray moon. Wait, so gray moon is bad except on the land. Then it's just another season. Ugh. Your customs are, uh, what's the, what's the word? Stupid. <laughs> Suppose they don't have any moons underground, but you'll get used to it. There's another thing involved with this party, though. As I said, we are one quest away, potentially, from getting to take the Trial of Ascension to Herodom. There has been rumors around Lucinilli of a very important noble, someone with some sway, who has been selling human slaves to the Alcarans through Lucinilli borders. What? I straighten up. What? And they have a very high price on their head. Now, most of the reward for you would be getting to take the Trial of Ascension, but it, again, is more money for our team. And I have learned through some acquaintances and a little bit of underground work that some of the nobles that are in the circle of Lord Heption, who throws this ball, may have information on where and when this takes place. This could be a strong lead. So while we are at the party, we will all be doing our best to gain information from these nobles about a potential illicit trade of mostly prisoners, people convicted of great crimes, but not sentenced to death, getting sold to Alcoran nobles as slaves at a high price, because currently the blood is boiling between the Alcorans and the Leonins. So having Leonin slaves makes them feel a little better, as it were. Besides that, are slaves taboo here? They're only legal in Alcara. I'm not sure about the laws in Camaris if they have such things, but other than the Free Isles in Alcara, it's very much illegal to have slaves. Oh. Aruthax Mm. will look around at the group and be like, so you, you want us to blend in and try and ask questions without drawing attention to ourselves? You four will fit right in with all of these people. There are people from all corners of the kingdoms. I look at Arvid's horns and my scales and my jet axe. black obsidian arms. And Morty's uh, head is like sticking out the yeah. window of the wagon like <laughs> and just like feeling the breeze against it, scaring people as they ride by. If you say so. I promise. Now we're going to head to the apartment. You're going to have a couple hours to clean up, but we must leave after that. I know you don't have time to go and buy new clothes or fancy regalias and things like that, but I've gotten each of you one of these. It's good for one use and he holds out a simple wooden ring, basically close enough scale to fit on your fingers. And says, this should last for a good 10 hours. You put it on, and you can basically be wearing whatever you want. I would suggest bringing your armor and weapons. They will not be visible because of the enchantment of the ring. We're not anticipating danger. This is fact-finding. But in case anyone gets upset, we might need to defend ourselves. Maven, lead quest or not, Mm -hmm. we cannot stand for this. Oh, I agree. Do you need more resources, any more gold, anything to help? I promise we will get to the bottom of this, Christ. Would it perhaps... 
would the price be helpful if I use the pause is the kind of draw that this was maybe a good thing? If that suits you, I don't want you to have to put yourself out there. Whatever you think you can do to get this information. But if that is a choice that you think you're comfortable with, I encourage it. Duh. If you are not comfortable, no need to present yourself as anything other than what you are. Again, your names have a bit of weight behind them now because of this current events. I spent a good amount of time in close proximity to some of the uh, slave masters. I think I could uh, affect the behavior. Just keep it on the down low because you are presenting yourselves as members of our team. Things that you say and do will become known as things that we say and do. Reginald cut this whole thing from the edit. He's actually outside. Totally blow the plan if you televise this. Oh, is Reginald with you? And you hear this voice from outside the wagon. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Reginald. No problem. (laughs) And uh, you guys pull up outside of the fish refinery. It says, just tidy up a little bit. Once you put on the rings, you can choose whatever you wish to wear. Herothax, I know you're not accustomed to clothing, but you by no means need to wear yourself down, but something showy. (sighs) You won't actually feel it, if that's any consolation. Simply for presentation. I'm okay with this. Very good. I will be back in, let's say, two hours to pick you up. Okay. And uh, you guys get a chance to clean up. You notice, oh, more accoutrements have been added to your apartment. There are now, like, fine art pieces hanging on the walls. The actual balcony has been repaired, and you guys have, like, full walking deck with, like, patio furniture and things like that. There is a much larger, nicer scrying screen to watch Nexus Enterprise entertainment shows on. And the bar is fully stocked. And it's just, every time you come back, it seems like there's more money getting put into this thing. So, team, how should we do this? As you know, I'm from Malkara. I, I was a slave there. So I know how they think. But I don't know what to do now. I think mostly here we are just going to be asking questions. I don't think we have to do anything uh, untoward. Do not stress. This will be okay. I'll do my best. So I'm going to have each of you describe to me how you would like to magically present yourself in your finest regal clothing as summoned by the illusions of this one-time use ring. Uh, How about Arvid? Oh gosh, I want to play up on my horns. Um, Mm. Yeah. And and keep the, the cloak aesthetic, but of course it's not my personal project cloak. Maybe like fancy luxurious looking single pelt white and instead of being quite so long have it kind of be like a a neck wrap thing Mm. and the rest of the accoutrement being white suede let's say white suede and bejeweled horns with little chain thingies coming down heck yeah baller i love it you don't want your cape to be so long that it like trails behind you it's like constantly blowing yeah Like Speed Racer, getting a very like Beauty and the Beast vibe, but with like 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 a a white warrior's outfit, or like a red carpet event, yeah, Mm. (sighs) yeah, and little caps on the end of the horns. Perfect. How about Chris? Uh, Chris is going to go for a very elegant yet, for lack of a better word, kind of slutty outfit. Perfect. (laughs) Where it's just a very nice vest with the fur lining to kind of match Arvid. I'm going in just like a white and black like outfit, something Mm -hmm. simple and elegant, but also something kind of reminiscent from Alcara. So even the vest cut. You know, it exposes some chest, it exposes some stomach, the pants expose a little bit in the back. Perfect. So just a very nice, well-together... How about your your necklace and gem? Oh, oh, it is as shiny as it could possibly be. I'm going out to make everyone look at us. Very eye-catching. How about Artyom? What's his Um, idea of fancy human clothes? (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or drow clothes. Actually, I was thinking, yeah. So basically there's banded 
hardened leather interlocking plates that look almost like chitin coming up. Around his neck is a very high, very tight collar that ends in what looks like points, almost like a spider claws or like the ends of a bat's wings kinds mm-hmm. of things. So it, it's like almost like a fin. And then around that is a much larger fin uh, over his shoulders that connects to his cloak, which again has the like spines leading down it with almost like a thin uh, leather connecting these spines looking almost like wings gloves having like lobstered interlocking pieces saying again like that thick heavy uh, yeah. like leather but where normally drow would be dressed entirely in black this is almost entirely reds and all of its accents are going to be in pinks purples and golds Baller. so all of the all of the spining and things like that is all golds sick i'm getting a very like uh alucard from castlevania kind of like evil attire but done beautifully and gorgeous yeah, yeah. i imagine like the the good elves wear the cloak of elven kind this is like the cloak of elven mean <laughs> <laughs> very cool and Harothax, what is your first time having clothes on you so Harothax uh grew up in a pretty pretty backwater community yes. and most of the people that interacted with them were bumpkins after maven's comment about you won't be able to feel any of it just just do your best. When Haruthax kind of steps out from behind the dressing curtain, they are wearing an outfit which is just a reskinned version of Desmond's, complete with powdered <laughs> yes. wig, complete with like face, oh with like the, the the face lightening, like cheek dots. yeah, little cheek dots, <laughs> just just the slightest little like lipstick right right on the very end of oh my snout. My God. Yeah, and Haruthax just steps out and goes, "What? Well, this is what fancy humans wear, right?" I, that image is amazing. Not what I was expecting, and I am delighted. And so the door swings open, and Maven is standing there in a very tight-fitting, fine double-breasted suit with, like, reds washing into dark yellows and golds and things like that. And he says, well, you all look fan... And he stops it. There's an air you all look fantastic. <laughs> Shall we off? This should be a fun voyage. Away we go. And he escorts you to the wagon, and it rides through the town. Uh, you guys pull up to a large building in the Silver Precinct. That's one of the stout, almost all-metal towers as one of the many guard towers here in town. It says, this is where the local teleportation circle is. You see, Heption's Ball is in a somewhat unknown location. All we know is that once it's season, they have a very fancy party there. And the only way to be invited is by having teleportation runes to get there. So this should be quite the adventure. And he escorts you inside. And you are led up a couple stairs where it looks like at the base, it's kind of like a military place. But upstairs, it's like, oh, there's kind of like a small arcane library here. Nothing too fancy, but this is where arcane casters do their work. And in the back, there is a kind of a stage with a very large, circular, wooden engraved floor panel with tons of arcane runes traced all around it. And says, so, are you all ready to have the party of your lives? (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So he gives a quick hand gesture to the two wizards in the room with you. They make some hand gestures, and with a flash of red and silver light, you all disappear and reappear in a very calm, beautiful, almost like a front patio, a walkway made of marble with blue stone inset into the floor. And there's a large stairway leading up to this massive octagonal-shaped dome. And there's music flooding down the stairway and a red carpet that has been rolled down the center. And ahead of you is Heption's Ball. Look, I like a good buffet as much as the next sort. Yeah, but some kinds of parties are just a little too snobby for my liking. Sweating your ass off in some three-piece monkey suit trying desperately to get a buzz off of some sparkling wine. Oh, and the waltz. What a slog. 
That makes me just want to tear it up on the dance floor. You said it, Storm. Quite the change of pace from the action of the battlefield, but an interesting glance into the world of the wealthy and elite. Oh yeah, nothing like a room full of fat cats talking about all the money they hoard and sniveling over their snifters about the workers they keep struggling to pay rent on their family farm. I'll take a room full of angry Ettons any day of the week. That sounds like quite the different party, Storm. Damn right. My kind of party. Less scary, too. Remember, Kip, some monsters breathe fire, some monsters swing axes. Other monsters, they eat caviar. everyone. Uh, welcome to tonight's meeting of TBA. Thank you all for being here. Just a quick reminder that uh, we aren't here to judge one another. We're here to talk about ourselves and get the help that we all need. This is a non-judgment zone. I see a lot of new faces tonight, so let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi, I'm Helvar. Hi, Helvar. When I was a child, a band of orcs ransacked my farm village and killed my family and everyone that I cared about. I survived, and I swore to learn the ways of war, and seek vengeance for the innocent lives lost that day, and to bring justice to all evil that wishes to harm others. It is my one driving force. Hello, I am Lassar. Hi, Lassar. As a babe, my family sold me for three silver to the slavers of the Namari Mountains. When I was old enough to hold a blade, I was thrown into the fighting pits. I had to kill to survive. I grew stronger and stronger. Until the day I killed the men that imprisoned me. Now, I must always be on the move. There are eyes searching for me. Every day is a new battle. And every night, I sleep with one eye open. Hi, my name is Miriana. Hi, Hi Miriana. I have no parents. I was found wrapped in a black cloak as a baby on the steps to the halls of inquiry. There was a note pinned to me from an ancient language that even the ancient scholars therein could not interpret. They raised me in the cold halls of the Brotherhood of Knowledge, and I learned the ways of the gods and the power of magic through discipline and suffering. And one day I will translate the mysterious note and find out my true origin. Until then, I am alone. I am Ebrinax. Hi, Ebrinax. When I turned thirteen, the voices came to me, and I listened. At their whim, I slaughtered my foolish family and consumed their flesh to gain the powers of the void promised to me by the unseen voices. Many more have fueled my hunger and my dark magic. Ew. Abomination. Now, just hang on a second. This is a no-judgment zone. We've all made some questionable choices in our past, and excluding someone isn't going to help solve any problems. Now, Helvar... It sounds like the reason you get up each day is to seek vengeance and dish out what you believe is justice. Well, I need you to start the day for you. Have a good breakfast. Take some rest when you need it. Lassar, you live a life on the run. and You found the freedom that you earned and that we all deserve. But I get the feeling that you're still a slave to your own self-confidence. Love yourself, man. Mariana, you never had a family. Your origins are shrouded in mystery. But family isn't just our bloodline. It sounds like there's some folks at the Halls of Inquiry who care about you quite a bit. Maybe our real family is who we can really count on. And Abernax, you eat everyone that you get close to. It sounds like you've got a hole that you're trying to fill with untold eldritch power. But that's never going to hit the spot. I think what you need to fill up on is self-worth. Maybe start a new hobby, like painting or collecting antique pottery. Remember, 
Here at Tragic Backstory Anonymous, we are not the path that led us here. We are where we're going. Being edgy does not make us cool. We adventure for ourselves. Tragedy does not define us. Good job, everyone. Now let's talk about social interactions. Tragic Backstory Anonymous. Join today. Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie smart options. Me, I'm building muscle, so I love their protein plus options. <laughs> yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing if I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week. It's fast premium options with no cooking required. <laughs> of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50 and use code theleague50 to get 50% off. That's code theleague50 at factormeals.com slash theleague50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, LU cuties. Law here to thank you for all of your support for listening to the LUQ. It means so much to us to read your reviews and get sent these nice messages and just come to terms with the fact that people genuinely enjoy listening to our product. 
it means so much to us. It really fuels our fire and keeps the adventure going strong. If you have a friend that you've been waiting to tell about the show, we'd really love your endorsement. We want to build a community and see how far we can take this cool concept that you've all helped bring to life. If you're at your desk, go ahead and just take a second for me and go to slapdashstudios.com. While you're here, it's super easy to follow us on all of our social media platforms, check out image galleries from the show, you can read world lore, and of course check out our new Patreon. We're really excited about the positive direction the Patreon is going, and we're super happy to offer all of the cool rewards that we have for becoming members of the LUQ. You get magic items, you get character sheets, you get maps that I've made, you get bonus content, extra podcast episodes of D20 Questions One Side, you can talk to the cast on Discord, it's really exciting. Some quick shout-outs to, of course, our Patreon legendary tier supporters, Jeff Ammons and Dave Mladenoff. You guys are both awesome. Uh, people interacting with us on Twitter, we've got Relic of the Past podcast, Draconic Gaming, and Captain Obvious. Thanks for the shout-outs, guys. And we just got some really nice messages this week from Eric England and Christian Wiseman. Thank you both so much. And just for fun, I'm going to throw out a big fat thank you to the Danes. You guys know why we love you. So thanks again to all the listeners out there from everyone at Slapdash Studios. Your support is keeping our dream alive, and we couldn't thank you enough. Well, I'm just going to say thank you three or four more times to get it out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And with all of our hearts, we wish you luck. Well, hey there, it's me, your old friend Chester Burnham from Domain Farms. You already know about our old-fashioned healing potions and our old-fashioned potions of restoration. We make them like they did in the good old days, because we're just that kind of old-fashioned company. Now you may ask, Chester, what else was better back in the old days? Well, I'm here to introduce new Domain Farms Potions of Elemental Protection. None of this newfangled resistance or advantage business. Our potions give you a pre-designated shield of temporary hit points against an element of your choosing. Comes in five great flavors. Fire, cold, electricity, acid, and of course, sonic damage. These days, they call it force damage, but... Sonic damage is what my daddy called it, and that's good enough for me. Domain Farms, old-fashioned potions of elemental protection. You know it'll last if it's cured. So the sound of music carries down the stairs and washes over you. The smell of delicious food wafts down the hallway. And the shadows of people dancing on some kind of massive marbled floor reflects off of the domed ceiling of this strange octagonal building. And the stairway leads before you. There are two men wearing very fine white and gold suits that simply make no sound but gesture for you to go up the stairs. And they bow at you passing. Haruthax will reach a clawed hand around Christ's elbow. Oh, I do hope that this is such a, a fancy party. I hope that there's ample opportunities for us to rub shoulders with the well-to-do of the city. Did you hear it from Maven? <laughs> <laughs> this, is how, this is how fancy people talk, right? I'm not messing this up. Yeah, yeah good You're job. Great. Okay, good. Going. Yeah, it's okay. Where did you pick that up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see... You're perfect. Watch, watch the replay. If they expect me to do anything except eat at the buffet, you're sorely mistaken. You can see what opportunities arise. 
and uh, he will lead you all up the stairs, taking the forefront on this. And he pulls his like long cloak to one side and carries it at his side as he steps up the steps. And there is a figure who is wearing, if you thought Desmond and Delilah dressed pretentiously, this is the most obscenely pastelled suit you've ever witnessed. The wig stands almost a full foot off of his head with bird's feathers pluming down the sides and just a prism of colors in this bright vest underneath a white coat with jewels and silver rings going down the sleeves. And this figure has what has to be at least a pound of face paint just covering their entire visage with little tiny like red circles for the cheeks, almost like a harlequin. And he says, Maven, my friend, it's so good to see you. I'm ready for your grand entrance. Oh, it's the mortal dawn. How very exciting. Please, uh, on my cue. Everyone, I would like to announce some guests of honor this evening. Friends, allies, muses of my heart. Welcome the mortal dawn to Heption's Ball. And he gestures out onto this huge, like, marble-tiled dance floor with a massive domed glass ceiling uh, that just kind of shoots beams of sunlight down and reflects off of a very polished and reflective dance floor. And there is a stage far across from you that has a group of just floating instruments that are playing this beautiful ballroom music, just like this soft waltz, completely on their own accord. One of the walls is just lined with tables covered in tons of fancy food stacked up in huge, beautiful tiers. A balcony off to one side where there's some people out there having drinks, and there are dozens of these well-to-do, well-dressed nobles of all different races. Some of them are dancing on the floor, but all of them stop at your announcement and look at you, and there's kind of a soft like wrist clap as you all enter the chamber and Maven gives all of them a very thorough and polite nod and bow and says, well, go and mingle. As soon as he gives the announcement, I mm. use thaumaturgy to pull the, the sunlight and so that it like travels up all of the gold that's on my body, glowing nice. as it goes. Then it, when it reaches the tips of the fins on my thing, they kind of glint off. And this almost creates like a spotlight effect from the, the marbled ceiling as the group of you are now washed in Artyom's light. And as it turns the soft <laughs> clap into a, ooh, very fancy, ooh, look at that, ooh, yes, oh my. Uh, as Artyom is doing that and as the light goes, uh, Chris will also release couple frostbites, maybe a chromatic orb. Two servants to, die. Huh? <laughs> just kidding. To just like make it sparkle and shine and reflect mm -hmm. the light. Give him a show. And Arvid grabs his uh, cape a little bit and uh, flip, 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 flap. <laughs> Very fancy. Our Ruth X just curtsies. <laughs> I was hoping for a fan. <laughs> Maven gets a good belly laugh at all of this. Uh, says, oh, I have the best team. <laughs> I am noticeably, well, blushing. Mm -hmm. Turned to a light purple. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Um, says, please make yourselves at home. Says, oh, yes, if there's anything that I can get you, please just give me a word. Point me in the direction of food, and you have my undying love. Uh, Shujun, and he goes to each of you and gives you all a very vigorous handshake. Says, I am Lord Milo Heption, and this is my gala. A treat to have you here. A treat. And he releases quickly when he grabs Artyom's hand, realizing there's some tension there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh, do pardon me. Did we ever learn Desmond and Delilah's last name? Salvadon. Okay, not related to this guy. No. Okay. No, you don't think any of the Salvadons are here. Could you mm. actually say Milo again? Is it Milo? Myerlo. Myerlo. Mm. Myerlo. Yes, he's, he's half elven, and he's mm -hmm. just the fucking lord of pond. <laughs> like, dapper is all get out and fancy, fancy, fancy. Uh, I heard Lord of Ponch. I might have said Ponch on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say Pomp. That would be a pretty oh. cool sick burn, though, to pull on yeah. him. The yeah. Lord of Ponch. This chubby bastard. <laughs> uh, no, he is the Lord of Pomp. 
uh, and properness. Um, and yeah, there is just a myriad of strange faces. Like you guys don't stand out at all. There are some races that you might not even be aware of at this point, like people whose hair is literally just made of fire. Um, and the music just, yeah, washes over everything. You are free to wander the floor. I lock eyes on the buffet. Yes. And I'm moving. I lean into Chris and I'm like, I feel like my outfit got really worn up by that guy. <laughs> I feel underdressed now. I feel the same way, but do you want to go dance maybe? At the great gatherings, my uncle always told me that you should find the largest woman and flirt with her as a sign of respect. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> um, yeah. There is a there is a pretty large tiefling woman um, over by the buffet. And she is wearing lots of like dark purples and reds, and she's pretty tall. She's like six six, and she has six horns that kind of form a crown around her head. And she's very buxom and rotund, resembles like the uh, classic Viking opera singer, mm. but in a very noble regalia. And she also has like fins around her dress, wrap around her head. And she's not only like tasting a little bit of everything at the buffet, but she also seems to be talking to some of the servants who are coming and going, bringing new trays of food. Um, so somehow she's involved with the spread tonight, but she's also definitely partaking. Is Artyom still with us as as Arvid says that? Uh, when you go to see her, you also see like Artyom kind of <laughs> wallflowering across the dance floor okay. towards the food line. I was really hoping that he'd be there for long enough for, for Haruthax to just kind of slap him on the butt and be like, go get him, Dryder. <laughs> you say Dryder? Yeah. I love that. I like that. <laughs> Can we just say you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go right up to her. Hello. Uh, hello. You might have skipped in line. Oh, is there line? Uh, sorry, I, I, I assumed that you knew what was going on, so I came to you. And she kind of gives you a little wink. You're one of the guests of honor, aren't you? Honor is uh, debatable. She, like, without even, like, breaking eye contact, like, grabs a little plate and starts selecting, like, the most primo sample from different tiers of food and swaps hands gracefully and leads it out to you. There's, like, little tiny, like, curled roast shrimp that look like they're wrapped in edible flowers of some kind of vegetable and little tiny baked croquettes and little tarts. I knew um, you were the one to talk to. <laughs> My name is Respira. She shakes her hand and it's like very strong. I am the chef for tonight's gala, renowned across the five kingdoms for my fine fare, buffets, private events, tavern pop-ups. <laughs> and as she's saying this, I'm putting things in my mouth. <laughs> Not even chewing, just, just packing them in. <laughs> just full on ducking it down my throat. <laughs> and what do you think of my fine spread this evening? Tears kind of welling up in my eyes. I'm just like, oh, renowned for good reason. Oh. Oh, you're too kind, and she gives you a big hug. Oh, boy. Guys, she's doing it. He's I, doing it well. So tell me. Uh, oh, as, and like, I'm just a mouthful of food, like, packing it into my cheeks. It was like, uh, uh, tell me about these things. I, I'm not from here. Once every season, Lord Heption throws his ball. This is the third one that I've been invited to cater for. Nobles from all over the land, even some from far-off distances. I believe we have a couple of guests tonight from another plane of existence. Quite the to-do. And she gestures to the sky. It says they even have some imported dancers from Alcara. And there's a couple of people, like, actually off the floor doing ribbon work, just over the dance floor. And they look almost like they're related to each other and they're moving in such a way that they kind of weave back and forth that it's like you're pretty sure one's a male and one's a female but you really can't tell because they're moving so fast and they're both very androgynous but their their dance work is flawless it's beautiful one of the finest i've seen Alcara, there's a lot of problems going on in Alcara right now problems perhaps but the money's still there we see and mazir remains the richest city in all of Mackinac. that's where my interests lie i'm not surprised i know the uh my companion chris he's from there he's a uh, 
What is the word? Ostentatious. Go on. <laughs> I didn't know one of your team was from Alcora. How fascinating. There, this one. And I point over at him. <laughs> and there's just like people everywhere, but she kind of peers across. Oh. Did, did you want Did you want to try and teach Ruthax how to dance? Because Ruthax's dancing is like shamanistic. Yes. I'm going to help you learn how to dance properly. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, So just I'll have both of you make me a real quick dexterity check just <laughs> right. to see how well you perform on the floor. I think um, you should bless us first. <laughs> Can you bless us first? Use spells to beat it or at dancing. Um, I can't cast guidance on both of us, but I could cast guidance on one of us. And trust I me, luck. I, got luck. I was going to say, I, I don't think luck. it'd be you. Chris, if you have performance, you can use that instead. Oh, ooh. I, okay. I will Thank subtly you. cast guidance on myself ooh, before yes. making this attempt. That is a 21. Fantastic. Holy dicks. Yes. <laughs> you said you said dexterity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 23. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so Harithax is a natural. They pick up the dance very quickly. Maybe it has something to do with the rituals that they've enacted in the past, but something about their physicality just like picks up the dance floor, and they're led very well by you. Um, and you guys get some attention on the dance floor. Um, eyes are watching as this just ruggedly handsome Alcarin is dancing with this weirdly dressed dragonborn with like a wig on. So left, right, left, up. See, you've, you've got it. You hear a voice from overhead. Brother, brother. And as you look up, a figure kind of unfolds themselves from this ribbon and is like hanging upside down. And you see this beautiful young Alcaran man with a large tattoo across his chest of House Cubis. It's my brother. I have not seen you in so long. It has been a while. And with that, like in stereo, another one folds down and this is young woman. And they're both like wearing nothing but the ribbons that are holding them up. We have not seen you since you were sold. How have you been, my brother? Well, it's been quite an adventure. I wish you... Wish you could have gone and seen the world with me. How have you come to be a guest at such a fancy ball? Well, uh, I've joined the Mortal Dawn. I've joined the League of Ultimate Questing. And they kind of are aghast at that, like, not like in shock, but like they're just taken back by it and they're not, they think it's amazing. Sweet. Almeric has made it so far. Shh. And they look to each other surprised. The name is Christ. Christ. Yes. Has your new owner given you a new name? I don't have an owner. They look to each other in surprise. You are free? As free as we of House Cubis can be, yes. And they seem like you see hope and just baffled amazement in both of their eyes. And then you hear this like, hey, paying you to dance. And uh, they look and begin to coil back up almost immediately being left in shock at what they've just seen. And uh, when your dance is interrupted, this clawed hand as you're distracted talking to these two dancers places itself on Harothax's shoulder. And you turn and there is a very elderly green dragonborn whose eyes have gone completely white and has long whiskers that kind of hang down past their chest and wearing very ceremonial beautiful tribal robes that look very similar to the colors of like Alcara and everything with a huge tree that's embossed into the front of it that kind of goes out onto the sleeves and they're much shorter than you and their tail just drags immensely long behind them and you can tell just glancing at them that they are incredibly old like way older than most dragonborn live to be I immediately drop my head and my eyes in a slight bow and gesture of deference to the elder and it kind of grabs you by the hand and says Kalban Drakar outsider and it sniffs the air. Shadow scale. I am Varmandez of Alcara. It is so good to see one of my kind here. He's just kind of feeling you and smelling the air. You are one of the pilgrims that traveled south, yes. One of the young ones. Yes, I am. I grew up near Belchester. Hmm. But your family, they found land of their own. They made their own fate. 
This is good, says patting you on the shoulders. He seems to be seeing you without seeing you, and he kind of brushes his hands across your chest. He says, ah, there is power here. Kind of tracing his finger over the root that is embossed onto your stomach, even though it's hidden behind your fancy regalia. Right, which is just an illusion, right? Mm-hmm. So so this person can tell that I'm I'm wearing my normal clothes. Perhaps. Perhaps. Clothes. Yes, <laughs> quotations. Yeah. Tell me, when did you begin to paint yourself? Was it before or after you traded yourself for power? I look very interested at this person, and I say, before. Back in Selvarax, when I was a child, all of the blood scales were the servants to the leaders. They were the noble army, the honorific soldiers. I used to go to the volcanoes and rub the ashes on my scales to pretend I was one of them and that I would raise in the ranks to be a noble soldier. But I learned with age that the colors underneath are what's most important. You get no judgment from me, though. Power must be found where it is available. We are not home anymore. We must make the most of this new land, yes? Yes. I have grown very fond of Mackinar. It is beautiful. Yes, this land is certainly welcomed us more than we would expect. But I hope one day to return to the jungles that I saw. I fear that there is no looking back when it comes to Salvarax, but I think this place has new life and hope. Have you read the writings of the humans? They speak of love and poetry in ways I would have never seen back home. It moves my heart. I am now a diplomat to the Queen Mionala of Alcara and a servant of Koraza Korak. So much power in nature here. The land so vast. One end cold mountains, the other burning sand. Incredible. You said you remember Selvarax. I was a child, yes, before the Exodus. Telling you that he's at least 100 years old. Right. I want to talk to mm-hmm. this person about the the vision that I had when we were between ley lines mm-hmm. and the world that I was in and, and describe that and see how they react to that. And he will escort you to the one of the walls and be like, ah, yes, visions tell me of such powerful things. And uh, with that, we will cut to Arvid, um, who was kind of eyeing up the tiefling for a moment, being the largest female following the words of their uncle. And now you'll realize that you are all alone with your party having wandered off on you. Yeah, I'm going to panic there. Look to the left, a look to the right. Oh gosh, I'm alone. And there is a figure walking towards you. Once you start to kind of take in the environment, and it's a very tall human with a huge bristly beard and a crown on. Is he smiling? He has a very jovial grin on his face. Okay, shoulders come down a little bit, meet his gaze, perhaps a, a wave. And he gestures out this huge, like, hairy backed hand. Yeah, wave he turns bolt. into a clap. Yes. And he pulls you in for like a close, almost like weirdly brotherly hug. And he's very strong. He says, so good to see another Dornish here so far from home. And wraps his arms around you. You are of the Ten Tribes, no? Of course. I've seen your battles on the Scrying Stone. You're very strong, pounding you on the chest. You bring honor to the Dornish. <laughs> good of you to say. I am Prince Valkar the Seventh, son of Whitefall. And he says, shaking your hand again, this is one of the sons of the King of Dornheim. Uh, my prince! I have been to war many times with the soldiers of the Ten Tribe, and every time you bring honor to the battlefield. We do our best. Tell me, so far from your family, how do you fare? Tears well up in my eyes, and, um, well, it's, it's been a hard journey, but I'm, I think I'm making a name for myself. I think they'll be proud of me if they see me again. <laughs> yes, yes, honor goes whether or not your family is with you. 
Tell you what, he says, gesturing over to the buffet. They have several kegs the servants can bring when they are drained. I feel a bit of a contest in my stomach, yes? <laughs> yes, of course, let's do. And he will pull you over, like, for Clement. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> um, and as you guys look over to the buffet, you see Artyom piling a couple more shrimp into his gob. In particular, uh, you'll notice that I am reaching into the illusion of my clothes, <laughs> and I actually have a bag that I have brought with me, and I am carefully wrapping things up and Wonderful. stuffing them in this bag. <laughs> so it looks like I'm just putting them into nothing, and it disappears. Excellent. You feel a very, very polite and light tap on your shoulder and say, No, this is mine. Mr. Volkov. I turn. And you see uh, this elven woman. She has like a sea foam colored skin and very long pointed ears that look like they should be dragging down by how much metal rings are hanging in them, just filled with gold rings. And her neck is a little bit elongated, supported by more gold rings. She has this light bluish green dress on that starts like at the navel and is cut upward and this massive golden necklace of an octopus that's wrapped around her neck and just nautical tattoos all down her arms. I've got shrimp in my mouth. <laughs> May I have this dance? Uh, the Very kind. Do you know the waltz? The drow's dexterity is famous. Ugh. Uh, well, uh, no. But uh, maybe, maybe you'll, uh, maybe you'll show me. I guess I am dreading this. It's really, really easy. All you do is walk in a square. <laughs> okay. I'll lead. Don't worry about it. Ugh, okay. And she takes you out onto the dance floor, and her grace is almost undescribable. Okay. She says, I've seen you on the scrying stones. Your team's doing quite well for novice ranked. Bah, this is, uh, this is doing no small part to uh, a good team. Good, good heads on their shoulders, mostly. How long did you leave the Underdark before you started worshipping Bren? Uh, bah, look, you're, uh, you're asking some very private questions. They're very important to me. My name is Ashira Mistkeeper. I'm one of the high priests of Quinus. I see. As you know, Bren and Quainus are two sides of the same coin. And she starts leading you into a stronger bit of a dance as the music picks up. And I have a lot of personal interest in the drow in their societies. What kind of interest? Many years ago, decades now, my brother Garshan was taken by the drow. And I know your people have ways of keeping slaves. Not to associate you with that culture. Obviously, you've separated yourself from it, which is a separation that I respect. The. But everywhere I go, every breath I take... I seek more information on finding whether he's still alive or dead. And there's an old saying about friends and enemies and how close one should keep them. What would you like to know? Well, what is it that made you leave the Underdark? And what is it that made you worship the sun? Being a doctor, I am not simply a keeper of tinctures and potions. Mm -hmm. I also had to act as poisoner. Uh, to say that I was the cause of most deaths among the nobles would not be an understatement. At a... At a certain point, I began to question the nature of my life, the nature of my existence, whether I was good for more than being told what to do. The pressure, the constant pressure, and having to watch the suffering of those around me. I could not do it. I see. I am a coward for living, but I am a coward who lives. I understand. And she, the music comes to a pause. She escorts you out onto the balcony. She says, well, there are many things that I'd like to know about your culture. I've done a lot of research. I know a lot about the drow, but... And she, she writes her name on a little, like, slip of paper in an address and says, if you find anything or have returned to your people in any way and learn something about the main hive and the slaves they keep, any information, I would consider it a great, a great favor. Our people are one and the same. 
whether you be from underground or the ocean like my kind. It's the old saying of Brandon Quainus, as the sky touches the sea, the horizon we shall be. She just kind of starts looking out over the balcony, but kind of steps away from you. It was the music. That is why. She gives you a very solemn nod in understanding. And with that, there's a loud voice booming almost magically over the dance floor, as you once again hear the voice of Myrlo Heption. It says, friends, the night is drawing to a close ever quickly. It has been a treat to have you here this evening. The party is not dead, keep in mind. We will have an after-hours event. But those of you who wish to return home, the teleportation circle will be open, as another will in a few hours. And please send me an RSVP for next year if you have the money. It would be a treat to see your faces again. And uh, some of the people start leaving, but you are all invited to stay for the after-party when they start busting out the booze, not just the beers and the champagnes. It says, we're going to have quite a show in the evening if you wish to stay. As the group, I'd say probably a good 60% of the crowd takes off. And I'm going to have each of you roll me a charisma check. Just add your straight-up charisma. Artyom gets an eight. That's cool. Seven for Arvid. <laughs> I have a negative one for my charisma. Yeah, it's okay. This isn't... Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen, very good. Eighteen. Nice. Um... I mean, you, you did dress up the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And you're a warlock, and they're good at charisma. Yep. Uh, so the party starts to wind down. You notice that Prince Valkar does have to leave. He's like, well, gotta get back to Whitefall. Lots of paperwork to do for me, brothers. You know how it is. But I'll see you soon, perhaps, especially on the monitoring screen. Can't wait to watch you bust some more heads. <laughs> I'll do you proud. Very good. And uh, Ashira Mistkeeper offers you a goodbye and says, And on behalf of the other elves of the surface, I pointlessly apologize for their behavior to your kind. I believe you should give everyone chances to prove themselves. And on behalf of mine, I apologize for... Your loved one. Hmm, thank you. And she also leaves, but because you guys are engaged in such fascinating conversation, Varmandez does in fact stay with you to discuss some more, and you notice that the dancers decide to work an extra shift and continue their dancing as well. And then the night party starts to happen, and servants start bringing around trays of these very fine, bubbling alchemical drinks that are all very strong and alcoholic. And some strange, like, illusions begin to play in the air of, like, these really cool, bizarre landscapes that sort of transform. And it seems almost more like ravey starts to kick on. Um, and the music changes quite a bit, but the, uh, the instruments still play on their own. And you all notice that a couple of the people start to go out onto the balcony... And they're all cuddled into a group that no one was necessarily invited to. But you guys are now reconverged. And the old dragon board says, I will talk to you again soon, but I will be about. Too much noise here. I need some quiet. Of course. And he wanders off to the servants' areas, which is downstairs. The four of you are now back on the dance floor on a pretty abandoned dance floor. Everyone's out kind of off finding liquids and consumables and things like that. and Or staring uh, fascinatedly into the illusory ceiling. Is uh, Maven with us then? Uh, Maven will catch your eye, hustle over, and be like, oh boy, uh, things might get a little weird after this. Some of these nobles have a lot of money to spend on things. He says, kind of pointing to his head. Okay. Were you able to find any anything else? I may have some leads, yes. Did any of you find anything at all? I'm afraid not. There was a woman who was looking for information about a draw slave, hmm. but I don't know if it's associated with what you're looking for. I've made contact with an ambassador to the Alcaran Queen. That's something. This is good. We're making progress. And I hope you're all having a good time. This is a party for you, after all. Artyom, how did you find dancing? It's shockingly straightforward. I could do fine without detachment. If you wish to partake in any of the more dangerous things, that is your choice. But I will leave that decision up to you. I myself will keep a level head for the evening. But I will partake in one of those beverages. He says, kind of walking over there. And you see him immediately pull another noble with him and, like, begin a very charismatic conversation as he's discussing things. I look at the others. 
Who wants to party? Uh, I reach into my bag and I pull out the Widow's Helm drug that I made. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It smells like shrimp now. <laughs> it's like it. I have separate bags. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't wait for you to smell like old seafood after a couple hours of unrefrigerated <laughs> shrimp. Like an older, like, noble couple, like, kind of catch whiff of Artyom pulling something out of his bag. like, well, what's that? Very fascinating. This, this is Widow's Helm. Widow's Helm. Oh, never heard of such a thing, Arthur. Have you heard of such a thing? Oh, never in all my days. We were about to go onto the balcony to have some leeches glass. Some what? Oh, the finest imported from Danmere. Delicious Andesian leeches glass. Could perhaps trade you one of mine for one of yours? Hmm, they kind of look at each other. Is it strong? To say the least. If you take too much, it kills you. They look at each other again. The same could be said of each. Follow me. And they escort you out onto the balcony, which is now, like, bustling with energy. I look at these guys with, like, a big, like, okay sign. Chris definitely follows Artyom. Yeah. Um, and they take you onto the balcony, and there's a couple of what look like dressed well servants of the uh, estate. And they're handing out these little tiny, like, almost look like ring cases, but longer. And uh, the couple grabs one of theirs and says, here. And they open it, and there's a little tiny red dagger made of glass. Maybe, like, three inches long, and it's, like, crafted beautifully, like a tiny artistic piece of beauty. This is the finest leech's glass of the alchemy guilds in Andesign. Just cut yourself very, very lightly. Oh, okay. Artyom, be very, very careful with this. I take it, I bring it up to my nose, and then just gently tap it with my tongue. And there's immediately, like, a spark of red as the blade meets contact with your tongue. Yeah, yeah, you can... Natural 20, plus, like, a bunch for medicine. <laughs> there is an unbelievable amount of alchemy condensed into this one tiny little blade. And just based on what it does to you, like you can tell that as it cuts you, it starts to melt away and it seems to like pull part of you into it as it melts away. Like there's a great cost that comes with this and the wounds that are left behind cause all kinds of hallucinations and very powerful spiritual feelings. Okay. Um, so it's just like these tiny artisan blades that as you slowly cut into your skin, they melt away and the injuries, the process of it healing causes hallucinations and things like that. I see. Very powerful. Oh, very good. Your tongue, like, goes numb just from even, like, making contact with it. I make a move to cut myself, and I mm -hmm. slip it into my, sure. in my cuff. Just give me a sleight of hand to see how it looks. Not great. Uh, 14? Okay. No one seems to pay too much attention to it. Doesn't matter. They're not, like, watching everyone else use it. Oh, and how do we utilize this strange little capsule? Uh, you can either snuffle it, uh, you can tuck it in between your cheek if you want something a little bit slower, or if you have a syringe, you can have a very aggressive experience. They break it apart, and they both take some and stuff it into their cheek. Mm. Oh, doesn't taste very good. No, it's not supposed to. <laughs> oh, my. Now, oh my. If I, was in, if I was in Londardark, I'd be able to give you far more interesting mushroom-based drugs. Oh my. <laughs> so that's a one hour disadvantage to resist psych, uh, psych effects and yeah. uh, advantage versus uh, enchantments. Fantastic. Oh that's going to stack with the other drugs they do real hard. <laughs> and uh, Chris, you feel uh, someone kind of slide up beside you in a very excited manner, and you see that it is Lord Myrlo Heption. Uh, my lord. Chris. I've been meaning to get a moment with you just to discuss some things. You're so... You're my favorite member of the team. Let me just say that. And he escorts you onto the dance floor again. Not that there's dancing. It's just like an open conversational space right now. Little fuck me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have so many questions to ask you about your sorceress magic. Yes. Um, go on, my lord. Did you know that my family, back in Andesign, 
during the years of the civil trials where we were some of the people that helped the sorcerers escape the city during those trials. I had no idea. Enemies of the state to protect those poor lost souls. Ever since then, I've been fascinated with sorcerer's magic. What is the origin of it? How do you weave such power with your hands? I can't just give away all my secrets. I like the way you speak. <laughs> very good. Uh, I must tell you that I was very excited to learn that you were coming tonight because I have a guest that I would like you to meet. May I introduce you? Yes, yes, please. Very good, very good. Just wait right here. And uh, he goes over to the stage where the instruments are and says, Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce my last guest for the evening who wishes to, by name, remain anonymous, but an old friend of our dear lad Christ and member of the Mortal Dawn. One of my oldest friends from Andesign. He holds his hands upward and says... As he says this, I kind of stand up and start walking towards Chris. You could see Chris' smile slowly start to crack. Someone who's been meaning to touch base with you for a very, very long time. And with that, there's a crack in the fountain that's in the center of the dance floor. And a huge purple jagged crystal emerges from the center of the dance floor and begins to snap and spread out in long spires of jagged sharp glass. And a huge illusory, like, purple face of some kind of elderly man with waspy, like, waving, faded white hair. He's, like, looking around. He says, Oh, my, 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 my. There you are. Now, now. My son. It's time to come home. And with that, the crystal begins to separate as huge crystalline figures step out of it, and the people on the dance floor begin to scream and run in every direction. <laughs> God damn! Shit, my mind is blown. Yeah, I, I, I wrote. Good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. A wild turn of events at Heption's Ball as the Mortal Dawn is standing face to face with a crystalline azure obelisk of unknown origin. Oh yeah, that thing just ripped through that thirty thousand drac marble dance floor like a belay through balsa wood. Ah, those. Poor powdered so-and-sos are probably pissing their pantaloons. Now this is a party. Who is this stranger projected through mysterious arcane means? Will Chris Segrand have to face his mysterious past? And will the mortal dawn ever make it off the dance floor alive? Find out next week on the League of Ultimate Questing. Hell yeah, turn it all down. Woo! Jesus, Holy whose turn is it, Sam? Oh, my crazy. God. <laughs> Anybody else? Just yeah, me? Yeah. Alante's traumatized. I'm not traumatized. I'm excited. Yeah. This is great. Well, Chris is traumatized. Yeah. Chris is traumatized. <laughs> I'm excited. This is what I'm... This is the stuff, uh, the stuff we live for here. Yeah. Character development. Character backgrounds. Woo! Okay. Sam, I love that you put on your serious radio announcer face before you read the thing. It's no, it was great. Okay, uh, let's go around the table. My name is Sam, and I play Arvid Ulfmund, the Drubarb. My name is Michael Loving. I play Haruthax, the Dragonborn Warlock. Uh, my name is Alante, and I play Christ, the Crystalline Sorcerer and Dance Instructor Extraordinaire. Uh, my name is Zachary Barkas. I play Yakov Smirnov, uh, the, <laughs> the cleric of sunlight and suffering. Uh, I am also the tech director, uh, producer, and editor for Slapdash Studios. My name is Law, the creative director of Slapdash Studios, dungeon master for the League of Ultimate Questing, and I just played nine different named nobles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so thanks for joining us for the League of Ultimate Questing. Mm-hmm. New episodes go live every Monday and bonus content every Friday. You can listen to us at www. 
theluq.com or wherever podcasts are available. If you have questions for the show, are interested in advertising opportunities, or have ideas for fake ads, contact us at admin at slapdashstudios.com. Follow the social media like Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, etc. at a the uh, sorry slap the dash uh-huh and if you enjoyed the podcast please share it with your friends and then we can all keep growing and questing together <sighs> and until next time uh we, we wish, wish you, you luck, luck. Woo. yay i wasn't sure if we were doing that all together i'm sorry i liked it the first time <laughs>